Ogumbawale for the win. Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim, a WNBA reporter for Winsider.com, alongside my co-host Amy Audibert, who is a uh, professional basketball commentator, a basketball player, and of course her favorite label, a gym rat. A gym yes, rat. So, Amy, how you doing on this Monday? We are in full swing now with many professional basketball leagues going on multiple. Yes. So rhetorically, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great as well. There's NBA basketball started. We're recording this at like 11 a.m. on a Monday. There's professional basketball starting at like 1.30. Uh, so congratulations to everyone. We made it. Now there's too much basketball. Uh, we do want to remind you before we get started into our show that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need and we also want to make sure that you're checking out the rest of the week on locked on women's basketball we have a great week of uh coverage coming for you it's our second week of doing daily shows with a all-star team of hosts obviously you have me and amy here on mondays breaking down what happened over the weekend and will happen in the past week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You have Eric Ayala, who will be talking about uh, the Say Her Name call with Janelle Monet and Kimberly on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, she'll be giving you a midweek recap and breaking down Bria Hartley's numbers for Phoenix. And we will also get into Bria Hartley because she is having herself a week, folks. Uh, then on Wednesday, uh, Megan McPeak will join our host, Lindsay Gibbs, for a deep dive on the Mystics. And on Friday, uh, Latricia... Latricia Tremo will be joining Howard McDell for the Friday conversation. So obviously always just, just keep it, just subscribe, rate, review, subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, make sure you're telling us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, so we can get better and bring you the best WNBA podcast around. Yes, I said it. Now let's get into uh, what we're actually going to discuss, which uh, for all that high energy I brought in the intro, um, we're going to have pretty much a bummer right off the top. Uh, Sabrina Inescu, she got hurt. On Friday, um, she suffered a grade three ankle sprain, uh, just really stepped on, I forget who it was exactly. Um, she stepped on another player, rolled her ankle really hard, uh, and it, it turns out that's a grade three ankle sprain. It's good that it's not a break or, or something, and they think it's not surgical at this point, but she's going to be out likely a month, according to Sham Sarania. If she's out a month, that pretty much ends her season. There will only be if she's out exactly a month from when she got hurt, she'd be back for the last six games of the season. Um, so Sabrina's season really kind of is not going to be what we had hoped for. Uh, she was playing really great when when she got hurt. She had had that thirty-three point outing the game before, um, and she's really you know was just starting to get into a groove and a rhythm. Um, unfortunately, she's going to be down for the majority of the rest of the season. Um, so, Amy, what does this mean for the New York Liberty and kind of how do you define success at this point for them? Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, if I had to put my money on right now, I don't think she comes back mm -hmm. for the season. Why? Like, she's not rushing back. They're not rushing her back. I mean, this is not a player that is hoping to play a couple years. This is a player that in terms of longevity, we could see in our game and, and really dominating our game for years to come. And, and the New York Liberty, Liberty are, are certainly going to hope 
that she continues to wear their jersey as well. So they know what's at stake. I think the devastation here is obviously for Sabrina when you look at the year she's had, what right, with COVID canceling the the tournament that I believe they were going to win with Oregon. And, and you look at her good friend and mentor, Kobe Bryant, and now this happens and it's devastating for her, but this is devastating for the organization because they have seven rookies and they were not shy to say, we are going to build around Sabrina. So now how do you basically, you don't throw the year out because now you still have six rookies. Mm -hmm. I think it puts a little bit more pressure on Kia nurse and Liasia Clarendon and Amanda Zowie B and Kia Stokes and that core, because now they have to play a bit more of a leadership role because now obviously with Sabrina not on the court, you have to still get these six other rookies in a position where they're understanding how to compete at this elite level. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I think it is going to put a lot of pressure on them, but I did want to, I did want to ask you though, like, is there value? Let's say she is ready to go in a month, which I'm not really sure that's going to happen um, considering that she's, she's in a boot and on crutches right now. But um, if she is ready to go and she can play, you know, five or six games, do you think you'd bring her back if you feel comfortable with her injury and you just want to get her some run to feel out like how it's going to work with the rest of this team? Or do you just kind of shut her down and say, Hey, like we don't, we don't need a risk of re-injury. Well, that's like entirely situational on her and her health because Mm -hmm. I mean, Walt Hopkins from day one, wasn't necessarily walking into the season and saying, we're going to compete for a championship right off the bat. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that they're necessarily measuring their success in wins and losses. I think when we looked this past weekend, they were down 17 without Sabrina and came back and got that to a three point game. That's a huge win because that's, and at times there were five rookies on the court doing that, you know, and and it's unfortunate that Leona Odom, a rookie was the only player on the plus side and the plus minus on the box at the end of that, she was a plus four. And so obviously you need more than that, that this team in this league, I was the color analyst for the Atlanta dream last year. So I believe I have some credibility in saying it doesn't matter how good your defense is. You cannot win WNBA games. If you cannot hit field goals, if you can't, cannot make shots. Right. And they shot under 25% on that game. And so again, it goes back to, are they measuring the W at the end of the day? Probably not. They're measuring at the coming back, you know, they're measuring at getting their rookies on that plus side at the end of the game. And, and, and I think it's, it's a challenge because you do have a good core of veterans who want to win basketball games. Um, and so this is going to be um, the staff, right? The coaching yep. staff, the GMs. This is a challenge for them to keep the rookies engaged in getting better and keeping the vets motivated to want to lead. Well, and I think you saw, like you mentioned, like they did fight back in that, in that game. They did fight back against Phoenix, who's a very, very good team. And you know, there's a lot of yelling on the bench. There's a lot of, of raw rawing for them. I think that's exactly what they need. Like, you need commitment. You need everyone to commit this year. I mean, like you're saying, it's not you're not going to be able to measure the wins and losses and be in a good place. But what you want to avoid is something that happened, I think, in Atlanta last year. You were there. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But it kind of felt like they just kind of fell into quicksand. And it's like one thing goes wrong and another thing goes wrong and another thing goes wrong. If you've watched the replacements – you know what I'm talking about here. Like it's that speech where if one thing goes wrong and then it all falls apart and then you're drowning in quicksand by the end of the season, that's what New York needs to avoid. You can't feel like you've, you've let go of the rope. Um, you can't, you can't feel that you've just completely let go of the season. Like you're saying. So I, I, I think they do have enough energy, enough leadership and enough uh, 
of a good mentality to keep them engaged this season so they can at least learn, okay, here are the rookies that can play really well. How's, you know, what is Jasmine Jones going to bring as a backup point guard when she's in that role? How is, um, you know, how, how much do we pay Kia Nurse going forward? How much do we, you know, invest in Amanda Zowie B? Is Kia Nurse part of the future? I think there's plenty of questions for them to answer without Sabrina. You know, and I don't think it's it's a completely lost year, but they really, really, right now, especially since Kia Nurse is not healthy, since their rookies are in their third and fourth games ever, they just have to hold on to the rope and hold on to those moments where they're pulling back into games of Phoenix and yelling and, and, and building each other up. And they have to, have to, have to stay focused on those moments and not focus on the times where they are, you know, three of 26 in the first half. You know, you got you got to look at the bright sides when when you're in film. So it's going to be a real challenge for Walt Hawkins in his first year of coaching. Um, not that it was already not going to be a big challenge with all the rookies, but now it even becomes bigger on him to keep everyone engaged and committed to this season. I did also want to get into kind of what this means for the league. Obviously, a lot of this season in the buildup to it was Sabrina's rookie year. It, this is a big deal for Sabrina, right? She's coming in. She, this will be a rookie year. This will be a first year of many as a superstar in this league. Uh, and we're kind of robbed of her becoming a star this year. They have 14 more games on national TV, four more on ESPN. So as a league, how do you respond to this? And, and how do you kind of turn this negative into a, a neutral or a decent situation for uh, what the, the league was trying to do? Well, I think anyone tuning into the game understands that injury is a part of sport and that's something that's out of our control 99% of the time. And so I don't think people are necessarily mad the way the television schedule was put together. I think if you're Walt Hopkins, maybe that works in your favor though, because that's going to be a motivate a motivation piece to keep, especially these young rookies engaged is like, this is, and if we, and I know we're going to get into it later, but this season, if it's told us anything, it's about opportunity, you know, opportunity to play this game, opportunity to play elevated minutes, opportunity because your role is different. And and so this is just, again, another opportunity for now six first year players and rookies to show that they can compete hard to execute game plans, to show energy and, and to give the viewers what they want, which is passionate, the best women in the world playing our game. And, uh, and that is in their control, that their reactions, and, and they can still have the ability to draw in fans. You have a national television game. It is an opportunity. Yeah, I, I think they will. I, again, I think this team will be end up being, you know, they'll be at the bottom of the league, but they'll be okay. It's not going to be a disaster, kind of how it was in the first half and the fourth quarter of that Phoenix game. Um, I think they'll be more competitive at some point. Not yet because of all of the structural challenges that they face. And I think the league, um, you know, they may want to look into kind of changing around the national TV schedule just to get some other stars. Like, you know, I think Arike and the Dallas Wings probably deserve a few more national TV games. I think um, Indiana deserves a few more national TV games. They've been really fun this year. You know, Atlanta as well. I think Kennedy Carter and Courtney Williams, like, that's star power. Put them on national TV. So maybe uh, moving it around at least for the first half of the season until we see how to sell New York games. Um, we're going to get into uh, the team that New York played in, uh, in, on Saturday, uh, the Phoenix Mercury, who are rising and looking like the contender we thought they'd be after a rough start. And we'll get into everything uh, that they are doing. But 
you know, we were just talking about Sabrina's injury and, you know, we all have little nicks, little nicks and bruises, little, little things that we need to take care of. And it really doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay at home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Like I do, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy to use roller and shareable squeeze tube. CBD recovery is the other product and that combines CBD with inflammation fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they are offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, cbdmd.com promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Make sure you use that promo code MBA so that they know you came from us. Let's get into the Phoenix Mercury right now. But before we do, we want to make sure that you know how to connect with the show, connect with us on Twitter. You can follow the show at LockedOnWBB. Highly, highly recommend that you subscribe to or follow us on Twitter. Uh, you'll get all the episodes tweeted out to you, and you, know, you, can, you can see all the stuff that we are doing. You can follow me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. That's where you can find me yelling about most of the stuff that's happening during these games. And you can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. No underscores, no nothing. Just her name. Um, but yeah, let's get into Phoenix. So after an 0-2 start, I mean, after, yeah, an 0-2 start, they are now 2-0 and in their last two games with an impressive win against Las Vegas and that beatdown of New York. Uh, Diana Taurasi has had 40 points in the last two games. She's really attacking uh, the paint well, getting fouled a lot. Bria Hartley is the league's third leading scorer. We'll talk a little bit more about her later. And Brittany Griner is doing exactly what Brittany Griner does when she has not been in foul trouble. She is beasting on the court, setting great screens, being an offensive uh, juggernaut for uh, Phoenix. And, you know, they're looking really good. So what have you seen from Phoenix that kind of has made the difference in the last two games from the first game? And, uh, you know, what, what do you like about them? D T mm-hmm. that's it. Right. Like that's what happened when Diane is feeling good. And by the way, let me just pre if you ask me who my, who I think the greatest player of all time on the women's side is it's Diana Taurasi. Uh, I'm like, I just, I love her game. I love everything about her. And um, I think her teammates do because when she starts playing, they all, and everyone was saying, Oh, she's feeling good. She's starting to feel good. Listen, like, yeah. Father time's catching up a little bit. But when she shows up and she's like you said, when she gets the paint, starts attacking and you just watch her compete level out there. It's like if you you don't get to play on the court with her wearing the same jersey, if you're not matching her, Mm -hmm. if you're not trying to match her, I should say, excuse me. And, And to me, that's what it is, right? That was a pretty close game getting into the third quarter or sorry, going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it was just go time. It was, it was Diana Taurasi. It was obviously you said BG when BG's on the court, like she is really, she's tough to stop when she gets two feet in the paint. And the problem is early work on her is just as difficult. <laughs> but then yeah. the other turning point to me was when Skylar got a little bit, a little bit upset at Jasmine Jones yes. and that yes. kind of put the fire under all of them. And I think that, uh, 
it's a long, it's not a long season, but it's a long season in terms of asking Diana Tarazi to, to play mm-hmm. those minutes the entire time. If she could, I think that they're going to be in that top, you know, four or five, but at the same time, you got to look at who they lost. You know, they lost Dewana Bonner. They lost mm-hmm. Leilani Mitchell. I think that was a huge one in terms of off the bench punch for them. And um, Breon January, you know, she yep. was the other one that I like absolutely love her game. And so even though they've pieced together a nice, nice little run, it's definitely, it's an adjustment. They lost to me three huge players. I don't know if I'm missing anyone, but, uh, and so, you know, when Bria Hartley steps up and starts doing her thing, that has to happen for them to con- continue to compete at a high level. Oh, but, Jessica uh, Breland, me- sorry. I, yeah. I was thinking oh. about who Jessica Breland's not there and they, and they, yeah, she's not the there. Offices. Yeah. But I also really like Breland was with the dream last year and just getting to know her. I'm, I'm a big fan. I think she's a very good basketball player. Uh, and so when they welcome her back, it'll be a huge addition for them if she's ready to go. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to compete in every game and I think they should walk away with, with winning a lot of games too. Yeah. But again, to me, it's just DT sets that tone. And Sandy Brundello is also a, a genius. Oh yeah, no, she she's doing a great job, and I think um, the most the most impressive thing to me has really been Diane Taurasi as a distributor. I mean, obviously she's always been a great passer, um, but we always think about her as a scorer. And in the past two games, she's had ten assists against Las Vegas, nine assists against New York, and, and she's just really finding people. And you know, she's the best in the league at getting the ball to Brittany Griner, and that's not that's not like. That, that sounds easy, but that's not easy to get the ball in the perfect spot for Brittany Griner and finding her on all those little, you know, duck-ins and, and when she beats other bigs on the floor. She's finding her. And I think Im- impressively in that Liberty game, Diana Taurasi found a way to score while not being efficient from the field. She was 3 of 10 from the field, but she got to the line for 11 free throws and, and hit 10 of them and had those well, assists. So she's – and that's how you know she's feeling good because she's mm-hmm. attacking and willing to take those hits. She also understands the better everybody is around her. And, and, and obviously it's not just winning the New York game. It's, it's those players continuing to gain confidence around her. Yeah. That takes the pressure off her as this season continues to unfold. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I think Skylar Diggins-Smith is playing amazing too. I just, I didn't notice this before, but she's shooting 56.3% from the three point line on four threes a game. That's dope. If she, I mean, she's not going to do that all season, but her shooting, being a willing shooter from three and, sh- and hitting them is huge for her game. Um, she's also distributing the ball well. She's, like you mentioned, the firecracker. And Bria Hartley's been amazing, and we will talk more about her. Also really like Alana Smith. Um, and we didn't really spend too much time talking about Brittany Griner, but she's Brittany Griner. You know what she brings to the table. Although I am a little concerned about – BG on the board. She's never been like, you know, she's never been the sort of rebounder that you'd expect. And obviously we have sky high expectations for Brittany Griner because of how big she is and and the way she plays offensively. She's not been that great rebounding and she's kind of been a little spaced out on defense at times. And she's picking up really like, you know, just nicking fouls. Like she got her fifth foul yesterday was she just kind of pushed over Kia Nurse on a screen, which they're going to call every single time. And yeah, Kia Nurse flopped you can't do that. So what do you do for a big who like, is there a way to keep a big out of foul trouble schematically, or does she just have to be more careful? I think it's a combination of both, right? I think it's, yeah, it's your defensive schemes. Uh, but she's a vet. 
Okay. Right. And so she understands what's been successful. I think for out of all the people you take Dewana Bonner out of the picture, I think it does impact her a lot because that's a tremendous amount of length that is no longer on the court with mm-hmm. her. And so in, in terms of eating up that space, she's got to obviously be a bit smarter with her positioning and her feet. But again, I think we're four games into the season yes. and, and this is all just an adjustment. And I just, she is one of the most, she is one of the more unstoppable bigs, especially when she's playing with Diana Tarazi and Sky Diggs. Mm. And I, I just, I don't see her taking steps backwards at all. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up just by quickly looking at the standings. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about who our most surprising players are for this season. Uh when we when we get back but just to give you guys just to like lay the land out because i know this is your monday show this is your recap show and we're really only talked about the liberty and the mercury but um you know chicago washington seattle and minnesota the one team i didn't expect to be there they're all three and one at the top of the league uh then you have a huge group at two and two los angeles las vegas indiana atlanta and dallas and phoenix all at two and two and then you have two teams at 0-4 in Connecticut and New York. We talked about New York. Any concern about Connecticut? I mean, they've lost close games to good teams, and they're shorthanded. Brian January should be there. Uh, Dewana Bonner is leading the league in scoring with 27.5 points a game, which is absurd. But honestly, like, that's not what the, Suns, the Sun offense wants to be. Uh, they are second to last in offensive rating right now at 88.9 points per 100 possessions. So – um, any concern about Connecticut going forward? I mean, I know it's early, but they do kind of have to start getting going if they want a good playoff spot. Well, yeah, their starting five is averaging 64 points a game. So they, yeah. need, they need some more help off the bench. They're not getting too much scoring off the bench. I think Breon January is going to get him in there and mm-hmm. give him that uh, punch, at least on the defensive end, right? She's a tremendous yeah. defender. And so I think they've got to find – they've got to find a way to bring some scoring energy off the bench consistently. But like you said, you look at who they've played, Minnesota twice, Los Angeles, and Washington. Yeah, and those that's... were all close games. They were close games. My, I guess my concern there, though, is that they do have a veteran starting lineup. And so you got to finish those games off, right, yeah. the close games. And so, yes, they're, I think starting 0-4 puts a little bit more pressure on Kurt, Kurt Miller. I also think he is one of the greatest basketball minds, and he's mm-hmm. got some wonderful tools, but it's got to be – got to go a little bit deeper than six seven players right you need eight or yeah. nine and so um yeah I, I just but I don't think I don't think they're going to go oh for too much longer <laughs> no no I think I, they'll be just fine uh, they just need a little bit more depth a little bit more energy like you're saying off the bench uh, and they'll be just fine so we will talk about our most surprising players so far in the 2020 wobble season uh but first let's uh, tell you about our sponsors With the ever-increasing number of car makes, Fiat's, Kia's, Tesla's, the Models, the Pacificas, the XT5s, I know that it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional storefront. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions like what brand, what make your car is? Is it an Odyssey LX or an Odyssey EX? To which you say, I don't know. Please let me look at the back of my car. And then you have to wait for the counterman to order parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry or is trying to shuck to you. But now you don't have to do that. You have the technology to access rockauto.com at your home, at home, or in your 
Hockett. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. I knew what those last two things were, Amy. Prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com. Right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low uh, prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Again, you tell them that locked on sent you so that they know that you came from us. We're going to wrap up today's Locked On Women's Basketball with a discussion of our most surprising player this season. Um, but before we do that, we do want to let you know that tomorrow, uh, Erica Ayala is going to be breaking down the Say Her Name campaign news from the past week. Uh, I believe she's going to be doing that every Tuesday, um, which will be awesome discussion about the social justice initiatives in the WNBA from uh, one of the best voices in the WNBA. So I highly recommend you guys check out tomorrow's podcast and the rest of the week as I laid out at the beginning of the show. But now let's get into what we're going to talk about. So who's your most surprising player so far in the wobble game? Yes. And, and, and surprising is a, it's a little deceiving because it's not saying that, yeah. Oh, I didn't think they were that good. Uh, but we talk a lot about getting more opportunity and you can get the minutes, but it's about the production, what you do within those minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so of course I think my, <laughs> surprising if you will um is Maisha Hines Allen and it's just I mean listen last year she was averaging under eight minutes a game right now she's averaging just over 30 but Mm -hmm. what she's doing within that time you know last year she was averaging two points a game right now she's over 17 she's shooting 20 almost 20 percent better from the field seven more rebounds um she's playing on the defensive end and so uh I don't want to say surprising in that it wasn't I didn't think she was that good because she was a strong player in college at Louisville, but it's just um, when you do get the opportunity, I think she's just absolutely destroying any apprehensions that anybody had about her. And and I'm a big, so listen, like I love (laughs) watching her play. My honorable mention in this though is Benaji Laney. Okay. I think she's doing a fantastic job in Atlanta, but it goes back to that opportunity in a different role. And this Mm -hmm. is a player that is, fits a Nikki Collins system, being able to guard multiple positions, scoring with the ball in her hands. And where I'm really going to watch Benaje now is when Courtney Williams and Glory Johnson get back, where she fits into that lineup. But I think both of those women have done a fantastic job in this first week of play of, of taking an elevated role and flying with it. Yeah. And I, I, so I have an article coming out today on the Washington Mystics. That's who I primarily cover for Winsider um, and who I covered last season. So I do have like some interesting stats on um, my shines Allen, just to fill in what you were saying. She, her scoring has increased by 660% from last year. Yeah. Last season she was averaging 2.3 points per game. This season she's averaging 17.5. So yeah, that's a big number. And also um, the Mystics are scoring at an all-time best rate when Maisha Hines Allen is on the court and scoring at an all-time worst rate when she is not. So yeah. she's she's been huge on both ends for um, 
for the Mystics. Um, do you think that she'll be able to kind of keep up? Obviously, like, I think there's a lot of unsustainable parts of what she's doing, but I think there's also just, like, she fits perfectly into the offense. She's really, really exactly what they wanted. Do you see her kind of continuing what she's doing, or, or do you see her kind of falling into, you know, not not being the player she was, but kind of being less of, of, of an all-star level at 17.5 points per game? Well, listen, people are going to start scouting, right, and really mm-hmm. locking up on her, too, and so that's always going to create a challenge. But to me, that just means it, it doesn't just lie on her shoulders. It's yeah. it's who she's surrounded with. If they continue to score at a high level, then she will continue to be able to score at a high level, too, right? But, uh, yeah, there's going to be some games where she, she has more touches this year, and there's going to be some games like you just don't shoot well tonight. You just show up, and you just don't have a great game, and that's okay. But I do think that she's going to consistently – be a huge threat on both ends of the court for the Mystics. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And we could do an entire podcast on many shines out. And maybe we will at some point. Uh, I'm not really sure <laughs> what we're going to be doing on the show always. But uh, I do want to give my most surprising player. And I don't think it's – it won't be surprising to you who I picked. Uh, but it's Bria Hartley. And, again, it's exactly what you're saying. It's not that I didn't think that Bria Hartley was going to be, you know, a kind of non-factor or, or anything. But – Looking at which her career in New York, where she was pretty good, um, you know, she she never averaged more than ten points a game. She never shot better than forty one percent from the field. She never shot better than thirty six percent from three. Uh, this year, she's shooting forty seven percent from the field. She's shooting forty four percent from three on six point eight attempts. She's the league's third highest scorer at nineteen point eight points per game, averaging four and a half rebounds 3.8 assists of 1.5 steals per game she's doing just everything every everything for phoenix she's getting in the lane hitting that little floater which i think she may have the fastest release on in the league she's coming off the spot up she's just really perfect for the role that they had in mind for her which is the second unit ball handler working that pick and roll with Brittany griner when skylar diggins smith and diane tarasi sits and also being that first unit spot up shooter um she has the she is doing great as a pick and roll ball handler. She's averaging 1.9 1.194 points per possession on those possessions and it's just it's surprising to me how fast I was able to see exactly what Phoenix saw when they signed her to that max contract this offseason. I was really critical of that max contract me along with many many others on Twitter because you look at what Hartley was doing before and it was kind of hard to just see, like, how she projects up to be a max player. And, hey, look, like, she, her shooting will probably, you know, regress a little bit, especially from three. But I see her being one of the leading scorers on this team and just so perfect for exactly what they need on both ends of the court floor. So, you know, Mia Koopa on, on Bria Hartley's contract because she's, she's doing great and she's really uh, opened my eyes to her talent. Well, this is a huge credit to the Phoenix front office and their scouting staff understanding what type of player she is. And, and while, you know, New York has been struggling for years, this isn't just a a one, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why we're seeing the, the big flippage we are over there. And so they were able to look at her game, look at the way she moves, look at how she can shoot and say, and this is a player that is greatly benefiting from the players around her. Right. We talk about, the pressure being, you know, defensively being drawn to other players. And this is why she is hitting shots and, and having the ability to do what she is, is because things are a bit more open for her 
with Phoenix where they weren't at New York. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's why those people in the suits get paid the big bucks, Gabe, because they can, you know, high risk, high reward right now. They are certainly seeing that high reward. No, it's, it's so impressive. And she's been a huge part of uh, this little mini turnaround in the first four games for Phoenix. And um, I think if they succeed in the playoffs, she's, she's going to be one of those players that breaks out and we say, Hey, you know, this is a Courtney Williams situation. Um, and, and Hey, they got out ahead of it and paid her the max. And I think she, I think it's a three-year max. Um, so she may be taking over some of Tarasi's scoring going forward. She's really going to work well with Skylar Diggins Smith, but this spot up shooting continues to be as good as it is. Uh, and God, I mean, it, I mean, I know working in the pick and roll with Brittany Griner is easy, but she's really doing a great job of just setting up those picks and getting to the rim off them. So, um, shouts to Bria Hartley, shouts to Maisha Hines Allen, many shouts to Benaj Laney. We may also have to do like a little spotlight on her because I absolutely love her game and I think she's playing great. But unfortunately, we we don't have a, we don't have all day to just sit here and talk about basketball with you. We gotta get out of here. Uh, luckily, though, for you, uh, fair listener, you have an amazing week of shows as I laid out at the beginning of the program tomorrow it's eric ayala talking about the say her name and social justice initiatives in the WNBA. wednesday is a mystics heavy episode with lindsey gibbs and megan mcpeak the mystics uh color i mean excuse me mystics play-by-play uh announcer also a fellow canuck my fellow oh yes canuck. she is Let's, yes i i called games with megan when we were both getting started it's so oh. cool yeah yeah don't you know um the for sure Actually, my, my fiance hurt. We were watching a Mystics game and she was like, is the, cause I do, I do a podcast also with Christy Winter Scott, which you can check out later this week. But um, the, my, my fiance was watching the game with me and she was like, is the Mystics play by play person from Canada? Cause she said like a boot or something. <laughs> it was very funny. It's funny. Um, yeah. I know for me, when I'm home in Canada, everyone thinks I'm American. And when I'm down in the States, people are like, you from uh-huh. Canada. And so I certainly <laughs> feel like a sellout. No matter where I am, I never really feel at home. Okay. You're, I, I think you're a chameleon. It's a good thing to me. Um, but the So Megan McPeak on Wednesday, Thursday, Erica, we're breaking down Bria Hartley a little bit more in depth, breaking down uh, what has happened between now and then. And then on Friday, Howard Megdell has your Friday conversation. So be sure to just subscribe to us, rate, review us, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. It really helps us in the algorithms and the math things on Apple if you do that. And make sure to follow the show at uh, LockedOnWBB on Twitter. Follow me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. And guys, thanks for joining us. Enjoy another wonderful week of basketball like we will be doing and you know hopefully we can get some sleep tonight because i know we've been going like non-stop on basketball because of all the basketball it's probably not gonna happen all right have a great week y'all